Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Today on the ZabeCast, Paul Charchian with his Super Bowl recap and thoughts heading into the NFL offseason. And with Derek Carr now hitting the free agent market, we'll play quarterback bingo and try to predict where the moving pieces will land. Also, he previews his Whiskey Weekend 2023. All that plus DeMar Hamlin says a lot by saying nothing. Your 40-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Thank you for downloading. Let's start with this. The grass at the Super Bowl sucked. I was willing to say, ah, you know what? These guys are just being babies and they should have adjusted their games or put on, you know, bigger cleats. I saw lots and lots of cut-ups. People saying, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. It was clearly a field that was too tight, too firm, too slick, did not work. What the NFL can do in the future to avoid this, don't know. Don't know. But get this, the teams were playing on Tahoma 31 turf, a newer breed of artificial grass that was developed with funding from the United States Golf Association, and it includes two types of Bermuda and rye, and has been under development since its inception in 2006. Man, this is some high-tech grass. Does it allow you to not slip while playing football? No, actually, it's quite slick. You better watch yourself. Oh, then maybe the grass is not so good after all. 
The type of grass was said to be selected because of its tolerances for cold, drought, disease, and wear, making it ideal for withstanding multiple programs like pregame, the halftime show, and the postgame. Well, first of all, who the fuck cares about the postgame show? It's also used on many golf courses around the world. Well, the NFL should build a field that they know is going to be used once, and then they're going to throw it away. Yes, at a cost to the league of $800,000. One-time field, roll it in, water it, make sure it stays alive for a week, throw it out. And it can't be so, it looks pretty. They want it to look super pretty and perfect. There's like, don't stand on it. Don't even just, we prefer you don't look at it too long in the days leading up to the game. And it looks great. And they turn the players out onto it and who knows how it's going to perform. Cut too short, too tight, too firm, too dry, too this, too that, did not work. George Toma, you've been great. It's time to retire. You're 90 four years old headline Belgian goalkeeper drops dead at 25 this after saving a penalty collapses dies on the pitch suddenly 25 years old Winkle Sport B who play in the second provincial division of West Brabant in Belgium were 2-1 up against Westerbeek when their opponents were awarded a penalty in the second half. According to reports, the goalie, Mr. Espiel, saved the spot kick, but then dropped to the ground afterwards. Emergency services rushed to help him, to revive him with a defibrillator, but they could not. He was pronounced dead shortly after he was taken to the hospital. Commodio Cordis, anyone? Did the ball hit him in the chest? This is going on, and those who are awake see it and know it. Others who are asleep don't or don't care. And then there's a big group of people that are actively sticking their fingers in their collective ears saying, nah, la, 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 la. They don't want to hear it. Because here's the deal. This remains the lie that cannot be made true. It just can't. First of all, let's step back and account for the fact that this is extremely rare. The body is a resilient thing. It fights to live under the most grueling of circumstances. So a full-blown down and out, you're dead and we can't revive you, is not typical. Not even close. It's extremely rare. Absent any kind of trauma, being hit by a uh, a giant axe or struck by lightning. To just drop dead suddenly is not typical unless you are at least 50 plus years old. Or they find out you had a serious undetected heart condition or something else going on. But this is a global lie. That's too big to ever be true. It cannot be true. It must never be allowed to be true. Because those who would be on the reckoning end of this global lie would muster all of their considerable strength and forces to ensure it's never spoken of as true. 
There's too many livelihoods, too many reputations at stake. Lawsuits, criminal proceedings, international extraditions, revenge killings, political fallout. All of this would rain down if it were allowed to be true. And when I say that, I mean whether something is true today or not is only relevant if those who control the narratives allow it to be true. And that would be the media, corporations, globalist entities like the World Health Organization and the uh, World Economic Forum. Hell, the WEF has bragged about infiltrating cabinets in countries all over the world to advance their agenda. They're the ones to allow things to be seen as true. Otherwise, you are mocked and scorned by some as tinfoil hat. You're a conspiracy theorist. And so on this, they cannot. The mRNA shots, in addition to being a complete epidemiological failure, they don't stop transmission, they don't stop infection. I think the The claims about reducing severity are dubious and unproven, but they are a failure. Nobody's, by the way, taken them anymore. Uh, I believe I saw a stat that said less than a million Americans would get a booster shot this month. So the demand has pretty much gone down to zero. Nobody's getting them anymore. Sweden just threw away 8.5 million doses, and they're on the leading edge of what's going to be a worldwide dumping of this stuff because nobody's going to want it. And man, did they push, push. And they're still pushing. The U.S. is pushing more than anyone else, which ought to make you very skeptical. Hmm, really? So here's the thing. They're not safe. Not only are they not, they don't work, but they're not safe. They're not safe enough for the standard metrics of vaccine or drug approval in this country. Not even close. Many other drugs and interventions with far less serious side effect profiles have been pulled from production or sued into tiny pieces by people who have been injured and their lawyers. Now, it doesn't mean that if you took the jab, you're a walking time bomb. In fact, it's still overwhelmingly likely you're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen to you. Even if you've had one, two, three, four, five, or who knows how many jabs because of simple numbers. If the background rate of myo or pericarditis was like one in 10,000, say, for example, that's one one hundredth of a percent. And if they discovered that vaccinated people's rate had skyrocketed up to one in 5,000, a doubling, which I'm not saying it has, and don't, these are not numbers, I'm just giving you a hypothetical. They know and even admit there is an elevated risk of myo and pericarditis amongst, especially amongst men age 18 to 35 with this mRNA injection. How much that increase is, I've tried to find numbers on it. I've read a little bit. Nobody really knows exactly, but they admit, yeah, it, it, it increases it. So if it increased it a full 100%, taking it from, yeah, you get myocarditis just in general from various stuff, one in 10,000 people. If it goes up to one in 5,000, well, guess what? It's still one half of, or no, it's still two one hundredths of a percent. So still infinitesimal. So there's going to be wide swaths of the public who got vaccinated, who turn out fine, have nothing wrong with them. We're going to say, see, it's safe, but it's not safe for how we regulate these things. And so it's still a lottery ticket and we're now starting to see the effects. 
We sure as hell don't mass inject things like this. That's also part of this whole story, as you well know. So normally we wouldn't allow a drug like this to hit the market. We certainly wouldn't give the drug maker legal immunity from lawsuits like they've done for Pfizer and Moderna and others because, by God, we've got to get these vaccines out to stop the pandemic. And here we are. Which brings us to the DeMar Hamlin non-answer, which speaks volumes. Take a listen. Here was DeMar Hamlin speaking with Michael Strahan of ABC. Also, he did Fox's pregame show. This was on Good Morning America. Uh, Actually, ABC might have rerun this uh, piece, but in the pregame interview with DeMar Hamlin that I watched on the plane, this question was not part of the cut-up of the questions. And I thought, well, that's weird. He never asked him. So what'd your doctor say? This is weird. But he did ask him in the longer form interview that aired on Monday morning on Good Morning America. Here was the exchange. From the ICU, the question on so many minds, what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24, peak physical condition, could run circles around me right now. (laughs) (laughs) How did doctors describe what happened to you? Um, um, that's something I want to stay away from. I know from my experience mm. at the NFL, they do more tests than anything. And in the course of you having your physical, did anybody ever come back with any, say you had a heart issue or anything that was abnormal? Uh, honestly, no. Um, hmm. I've always been a, a, a healthy, young, fit, energetic, uh, you know, human being, let alone mm-hmm. athlete. Um, so it, it was something that was just that we we still processing, and I'm still talking through with my doctors just to see what everything was. Mm. Okay. Interesting. You know what they say: a non-answer is an answer. And that speaks volumes. The case of the soccer player dropping dead is just one of many that are now bubbling up, unfortunately, and there will be more. If it took the NFL 52 years for Chuck Hughes of the Lions in 1971 to die of a heart attack on the field, which was due to a congenital heart condition they did not detect, uh, mind you, they're better at doing that now because they screen and screen and screen, as Strahan mentioned. If it took 52 years for between Chuck Hughes and 71 to this near death of an actual heart attack from a young, healthy football player on the field, an extremely rare black swan event, do the rough math on that. 30 NFL teams, plus or minus, we've added teams over the years. 50 players on a roster, plus or minus, we've added players over the years. It's about 1,500 players per year in that 50 years, available to drop dead of a heart attack for no reason whatsoever playing football. It's about 75,000 chances. If the vaccine doubled the risk, then we could see a few more in the coming years, which we may see a few more in the coming years. I hope not. I hope this is a once-every-50-year thing, and I hope that maybe they find something with DeMar Hamlin, like, oh, it's this. 
But he wasn't quick to go, oh, yeah, commodio cortis. I got hit right in the chest. The doctor says it knocked me into arrhythmia. Next thing you know, my heart was out. Or, ah, you know, they found out a left ventricle's uh, narrower than uh, it should be, and uh, I'm going to go back in for another procedure to get that fixed. I should lead a long, healthy life. Thank God they found it, but I'm not going to play football again. Could have had any of those answers. Instead, a 10-second pause followed by, I don't want to get into that right now. That, my friends is as loud of a no comment as you will hear. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, let's talk to our guy, Paul Jarchian. 
This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Quiet, Charge. Very quiet. Here we go. There we go. Good day, Hoser. I think, I think you get better every time with that. I mean, honestly, it's you know, it was it's almost a clinic now. At this point, I think you can do it better than Bob and or Doug McKenzie. You know, there's very few notes I can hit on pitch. For some reason, I think I can hit those pretty square on the nail. Nail well on the head. Done. I also yeah. think my voice charge hasn't felt this good, clean, and vibrant in years because of my ongoing battles with GERD. So thank God for well, modern medicines. It's not because of a more diligent lifestyle, that's for sure. But I feel like you. the depth, the vibrancy, the cleanliness of it is back, baby. All yeah, the tonality. Oh, all the tonality. <laughs> you know, for, uh, sure, I, I imagine you may be on some drug regimen that has helped, but also the fact that you stopped smoking crack ah! really had had to help. Well, I was losing all my teeth. I couldn't have that. Oh, that too. That too. I mean, I think that's... My that's, cheeks were getting sallow and disgusting. <laughs> Excellent use of the word sallow. The, uh, that is the catch-22 of the crack whore, is that here you are, you're destitute, you're addicted to crack, and you want to give BJs for cash, <laughs> but that Jeez. mouth... Jesus and we are That's off the catch 22 and we are off and running everybody for the podcast today paul charchian joins us everybody from the great state of minnesota where he'll be embarking upon whiskey weekend 2023 and we'll get yeah. a full preview of that coming up in just a second but we start with cut one the super bowl according to charge the floor is yours my friend stupid refs <laughs> stupid refs come on sure you know he got a little jersey there that impeded the the player at to no percent whatsoever on an uncatchable pass and at the end of the day the refs decided the game when you make that call you've ended the game and you can't make that call because if that's you know if, if if you're playing the whole game that way i suppose you could but there would have been a hundred penalties so I, I didn't like it. I don't want officials to, to, to decide the outcome of a game, which they did. And sure, James Bradbury can be a stand-up guy about it and say, yeah, you know, it, it was a penalty. But you know what? The old phrase, Zabe, you could call holding on every right, play. Right. You could call something just as bad as that on, on damn near every play. And I didn't like it, and I'm, I'm still – I still feel cheapened out of the whole of experience in an otherwise very enjoyable game. Yeah, we were robbed. Uh, we were robbed like Forrest Gump was robbed, or like uh, Lieutenant Dan was robbed of his destiny by Forrest Gump, who dragged him out of the jungles of Vietnam with no legs because uh, he wanted to die on the battlefield. We were robbed of a final minute, 48 seconds of scintillating on the edge of your seat. Holy fuck, can Jalen Hurts actually do this? Robbed of that completely. It, but also yes, robbed because it, Sirianni, the dum dum, Wasted one of his three timeouts to avoid a delay a game. They still didn't convert, and that was fatal because they would have had 48 seconds, not eight seconds left, had he kept that pocket clean and dry with all three timeouts. 48 seconds is enough time. An eternity. To go, to get, yeah, to for in the field NFL goal? today. Yeah, field goal. That's yeah. all. You know, that's that's plenty of time, and that would have made a big difference. And 
I, the day, they, they, yeah. they botched that. Here's the other thing Sirianni did to kill me. Jalen Hurts ran for 68, I think, yards in the first half. 70. He had 70 yards in the first half. And then they shut it off. They shut it off. The only runs, the only designed runs he had the entire second half were those third and one, fourth and one leaners where the whole team is pushing him from behind. They didn't give a single other run the rest of the game. Fools. What percent chance do you think the NFL outlaws that play? 85%. Yeah. Maybe not too, this year. It's too automatic. Well, it's too automatic. And in theory, it's dangerous because you're just, you got the O line kneecapping the D line. And then you've got another pile of bodies coming in behind it. And it also renders the game kind of boring. You know, third and one, fourth and one used to be high drama plays. With the Eagles, yeah. not so much. Not so much. This now, this what used to be a penalty for most of our our exactly. growing up. You know, up until I don't know, maybe like nineteen ninety five or something. Aiding the runner, yeah, I think was a penalty, right? I think they changed it more recently than that. Uh, the pushing thing, and I think they did it just to clean up. Like, how do you adjudicate what is or isn't? They go, ah, let's just oh, yeah. let teams do it. Well, the Eagles took it to the extreme, and it's very effective. Back to the referees and and the differing opinions. There are some people. I've been battling a, a random series of uh, refereeing literalists who have come r running at me via email and social media like orcs out of a labyrinth uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and I've been battling one by one. No! I know. And I've been slaying them. I'm like, God, here's another one. And I'm cutting them to pieces <laughs> with my logic. So he here's another one here. This is from David Jones, nice fella, who says, so you didn't like the holding call in the Super Bowl, but you hated the non-call in the Duke-Virginia game with .2 seconds left on the clock. Had they called that foul correctly, the game would have been more likely won with no time left and a solitary figure shooting two unguarded free throws as opposed to an extra five minutes. Seems like quite the dichotomy to me. Did you see that mm. play in the Duke game? No. All right, so the Duke-Ed player had a, a layup as the buzzer was going off, and he got raked across the arms. And they looked at it on replay, and they still determined, nah, he didn't get the shot off in time. But then after the game, they had to go, oh, we made a mistake. It's too late. Duke lost the game, right? Oh, jeez. So my response to that is, well, two completely different sports. <laughs> you know that. I also said you're committing the fallacy of the one blanket fits all argument. I said, had there been a 20-foot jumper with two seconds left and the shooter barely got bumped, then no, I don't like the call. And if right. Juju Smith-Schuster had been tackled at the one with Bradbury two steps behind on a perfectly thrown ball, then yes, of course I want that <laughs> called. Why is this so hard for people to understand sometimes? Well, they, they, they are literalists, black and white, and they're going to... I don't know what happened. My, my cell phone literally said, well, you're done talking. Click. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the, the black and whitedness sometimes is stunning to me that otherwise smart people, and I mean, uh, David Jones, you're a smart guy. I do you know say that? He's I mean, an, exec know, he's an executive director of a foundation. He well, was able could, to type yeah, an email could, to me. We could start a foundation right now because I, you know, you and I share a deep, a deep, deep concern for pink eye, and we need to eradicate pink eye in our in our time. And uh, we're going to start an association. I'm going to need about 160 bucks for the uh, for the for the paperwork. And I'm going to make you. Do you have? I'm going to make you now? the executive. 
executive director. No, I don't no. have pink eye right now, but I don't have to have it to care about it. I mean, Zabe. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have to pink have eye, pink eye, pink, to, pink eye know. sucks, but pink eye sucks of the, of yes. the random intermittent ailments. I would say it's pretty far down the list. Okay, fine. Canker sores. We are going to eradicate the canker sore <laughs> in our time, Zabe, and you are going to be executive director. Okay. And you know, who's, you know, who's going to be our pitch person Who? for this? Russell Wilson. Because that means the executive director is getting paid, baby. Okay. All right. All right. Let, put that aside for a second. So this David Jones guy, and I love you, David. Thank you for emailing. Uh, he's an executive director of a foundation, so I think he's pretty smart. He then replied to me, so you want to add another layer of subjectivity to officiating? Sure, it was holding, but not that bad. Sure, it was holding, but there's not much time left on the clock. Sure, it was holding, but we hadn't called it yet today. Sure, it was holding, but it would decide the outcome. Sure, it was holding, but, but, but. Seems to me it's simpler when you refer to holding as a penalty. You're a big golfer like I am. Do you improve your lie every? Do you take breakfast ball on one, stroke and distance on lost ball? Either you play by the rules or you don't. Oh, my God. Deep sigh. David, 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 David. Don't take another sport and try to retrofit this particular instance to another sport with other rules and a whole bunch of different variables. When you say, do you want to add another level of subjectivity? Like, sure, it was holding, but not that bad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just like in basketball, might have been traveling, but not that bad or could have been fouled. But no, I'm not giving it to a guy on a turnaround 30 footer as the shot clock is at one because they don't deserve a touch foul out there. Yes. Yes. That's called officiating. Where have you been? Am I yelling? I'm yelling now. Sorry. I'm glad you're passionate about it. Oh, Does God. golf has no instant replay? Ah. But does it? I don't think it does. There have been a myriad, not to get too deep into it, of television invoked rules, snafus, and even disqualifications based on viewers who call yes. in to go, hey, that was an illegal drop. And then I, the rules I, officials yes. have a real problem on their hands they the, the, golf is allowed to use video to determine if a rule was broken and they have before including dustin johnson at the pga yes. championship at whistling yep. straits yep that's the one i'm thinking of yeah including uh uh let's see uh dj also at oakmont got hit with a ball that was wobbling but he still won that one so it does happen anyway uh let me ask this cut two does the nfl have a penalty problem and not an officiating problem in that you know, the whole thing about, okay, that might have been holding uh, on Bradbury or not. Why does it have to be five yards in an automatic first down? Yeah. Are the NFL's penalties for the, their fouls appropriate or should they be adjusted? That automatic first downs on plays like that don't make any sense. Um, I agree that that, I think the, I think many of the, the, Many of the penalties are overly severe and yes. too game-changing, none more than the pass interference. There probably ought to be two levels of pass interference. One level is, is as it works right now, and it should only be applied in the case of a, a, a well-thrown, very catchable pass that is erased from the receiver because of what the, what the defender does. And anything less than that, where you can't reasonably go, well, 
you know, maybe he'd make the catch, maybe wouldn't have made the catch. You know, the ball could have gone out of bounds, maybe it was in bounds. All that stuff should be way less than spot of the foul because there's too there's too many things that can go wrong on a deeply thrown errant right. pass. Right. You know, and and teams, you just too many. You know, you, you go 40, with the 50 yards changing hands. Go with the 15 yard penalty like in college. I would prefer it to be 15 yards over what it is now. Yeah, I would. I would agree. Take some of the heat out of PI because a forty or fifty yard penalty, which is so subjective, and these receivers and DBs they subtly hand fight with each other and they grab. I mean, you watch them and they're like really slick and knowing what to do and grab and pull and arm pin and everything else. And these referees mm-hmm. get it right a lot. They see it in real time a lot. But all it takes is one missed call for it to be an issue. Cut three. Derek Carr is free. He said, basically, I'm not agreeing to a trade here or there because the team that gets me is going to have to give up good players that I'm going to want to play with. So fuck you Raiders. Well, and he's going to get even more More money. money. I mean, you know, he turned, he, so he just, he just erased $40 million, but in all probability, he's going to get a new contract that's going to pay him north of 30 million a year. He's going to get probably so, four years, $150 million. Clear, clear me up on this. Did he uh, Did he have a full no trade clause as part of this new deal? He did. <laughs> here's Good for what's him, funny. right? Exactly. So here, here's what's funny. One of the guys on our private text thread said, Raiders officially released Carr. Is it just me or did they completely misplay that whole thing? And I said, Oh, the Raiders? No. The team that overpaid John Gruden had to fire him at a first-round pick, yes. incinerate an innocent woman by hitting her at 110 miles an hour with her oh. dog on the side of the road. They're now stuck with Josh McDaniels, who sucks, and they gave this guy a no-trade you know, clause, and now they're getting rid of him? Oh, played it perfect. Yeah. They played it yeah. like a Stradivarius. No, they're <laughs> yeah. morons. They're yeah, idiots. How about Mike Mayock? It just, yes! as a, as, you know, let's, let's take the home, anal- the home analyst and uh, turn him into our general manager at $10 million a year. Oh, oh, yeah. So they fucked that up. See, Carr is going to be what I call the new Kirk. He's going to be very good, and yet he will bother fans because he isn't good enough. Welcome to yeah. being the new Kirk. He's going to make a lot of money, as you said. He's the number one free-to-purchase guy out there, and I like him. He, you can win with him. Can you win it all? Maybe, maybe not. It has to be probably perfect. Is he going to lift you onto his shoulders and carry you? No. But I like him. Even yeah, though he was not a bad. He's, he is not a bad. Oh, your phone. Second, second time in a row. Uh, maybe I haven't paid my bill. So <laughs> you were saying about Carr. Yes. Carr is... Carr is a good quarterback. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. But when we've all been spoiled, you and I have talked about this many times. We've oh, all yeah. been spoiled by the 31 other fan bases all want Patrick Mahomes and nothing else is good enough. And so when you get a B-plus quarterback like a Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr, you feel like he's not good enough for your team unless everything else is perfect, which is an absurd standard, but that's unfortunately where the quarterback position is right now. Uh, Mahomes reminds me of in, in movies – whenever like one of the evil characters in an action movie sees someone else with a weapon that's really cool 
or mm-hmm. a boat or a plane, and they say to their henchmen, get me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Every NFL team is looking at Mahomes going, get me one of those. But they're yep. hard to find, and there's only one of them right now. So there's that. Let's play quarterback roulette. Let's yes. try to predict yes. where these pieces are going to land. We'll start with the wild cards at the top. Aaron Rodgers, who goes into the dark today, and Tom Brady. I am putting down a sizable bet with my mouth that Rodgers will be a Raider. So give me Rodgers to Vegas. Where is he going? I'm going to stick on the jet side of this for the Hackett connection under the assumption that even though it would totally be tampering and they never should have been allowed to do it, that they did it anyway. And that that was that was going to that ultimately uh, the Jets and Hackett already have an agreement in place. And and, and Rodgers has an agreement in place to at least try to get him there. So that's that's my that's my take right now is Jets. But I will say this. When Devonta Adams came out last week and said he he wants to be reunited with uh, with Rodgers, that made me feel better about it. All right. Uh, Tom Brady, I know he's retired technically, but I believe that the long reel in like a tuna caught 2000 feet underwater <laughs> the long reel in will begin for the or the Niners because they technically don't have to have him they they've got a couple of guys coming off injury at quarterback that are pretty good options right we think Trey Lance yes. and Brock Purdy it may not be ready I mean it, Lance will be ready to start the season Purdy probably not right so they Correct. don't they don't have well, to have don't, Brady. Well, don't know. It's going to be close, but yes. They don't have to have Brady, but nope. if they added him, oh, with those weapons, the Bay Area connection, it's going to be a slow long reel in by John Lynch. Brady will be a Niner. That's my prediction there. All right, here's I I will uh, I'll go I'll go halfway with you. I see Brady um, a, I don't think he's playing because I think the love of the game got beaten out of him last year. But okay. that terrible line and all the problems that team had, and you know, you had to you had to hope Carolina lost games you can find your way into the playoffs and then get dumped. Mm-hmm. The um, uh, I think there's a better scenario that in which Brady chills out for half a season and just plays it by ear, sees this landscape of the league, and finds a team that needs a quarterback and is otherwise very good and headed to the playoffs and hooked my wagon up to that team and only play half a year. Don't go to training camp. Don't play the meaningless uh, September, October games. I'll show up. I'll show up around Thanksgiving when the games mean a little more and I will help some team find its way into the playoffs and then try to get my next Super Bowl ring. Okay. Uh, Derek Carr. I say Colts. Colts have to rebuild at the position. To, I don't, and they've, they've been doing this for so long. And uh, they came out today and said that their plan is to go young. So I don't think it's okay. going to be there. Titans? I'll give you a wild card. I'll give you a Oh, I maybe. Okay. I, I'm listening to that. All right. Uh, let's see. Any NFC teams that could be in the car business? Mm, Commanders would want him bad. I don't think yeah. they'll land them. They'll try. Yeah. They they will not land him though. Well, Green Bay is going to need a quarterback potentially. Although I no, they got go love. love. They're going yeah. with love. Man, probably uh, Atlanta. <laughs> so you're the Falcons. You're on an NFC team. You're the. Uh, well, I'll give you two. Uh, Desmond Ritter does not look like he's going to work out based on what we saw in the second half of the season. Marcus Mariota didn't work out. Carolina's assembled in a great looking coaching staff. They have a good defense. 
Maybe they're the maybe Saints? they're going to be in the in the in the in play for this. Although they probably use their first round pick on it. By the uh, way, the, yes. the the NFC Dirty Dirty South, according to our lad step chart at quarterback, has oh, the God, following so QB ones: Desmond yes. Ritter, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, Blaine Gabbert, who is still in the league despite all evidence to the contrary. Zave, it's bad. worse. It's no, it's worse than that because those are a bunch of guys who are pending free agents yeah, in Dalton, three weeks. Darnold here's and your, Gabbert here's your real here's your real FAs. starters today. If the if they had to play today, Atlanta <laughs> would be starting Desmond Ritter, Carolina would be starting Matt Corral, New Orleans would be starting Jameis Winston, and Tampa would be starting Kyle Trask. Ufa. Those would be your NFC Malufa. South quarterbacks. <laughs> the dirty, dirty South. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Daniel Jones stays with the Giants. They're committed to him. Yeah, I don't. I think they're going to look at the landscape of 18 teams with question marks at quarterback and go, yeah, I think we're just going to take the guy that we got. Okay. Jimmy Garipa, Poppy, 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 Papa, Papalo. Carolina. Okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson filed under the tricky and expensive mm-hmm. acquisition category i think he will be traded i don't know exactly where um i believe he will not be a a member of the ravens like you we are in the vast minority almost everybody just assumes that baltimore is going to acquiesce to lamar jackson's demands and to be what will ultimately be one of the highest paid quarterbacks (sighs) i don't think that that's gonna happen I just I think Baltimore is too sensible to make Lamar Jackson one of the two three highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's see here. The likely to stays guys, Geno Smith, uh, is on track think, to re-sign yeah. with the Seahawks. I think he I think he stays there. I think that I think Geno Smith is probably grateful that Seattle um, gave him the opportunity and mentored him up, got him in this spot, and. Dude had an amazing season. Legitimately good. I think Seattle ends up sticking with him, and there's not a lot of good alternatives anyway. All right, then scrubs for hire. Baker Mayfield, Taylor Heineke, Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett, Mike White, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton. I have Winston listed as a free agent. Maybe that's incorrect. Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky. Of that group, which are salvageable, if any? Mm. Mayfield? No. I don't think. I mean, although, you know, yeah, no. Uh, there was one name in there that went Winston. Right. No. Uh, Mike the, White. Yeah, Mike White. The Jets may get forced back into the Mike White start again okay. if they can't land somebody else. And obviously they've moved on from Zach Wilson completely. You know, so there's yeah, there's that. How about this? How about Mac Jones? You know, New England needs to make a decision because you know he ain't the guy. I think he's, he's, New he's England, not the guy. I think New England could be lurking. They could be lurking for one of these names we just mentioned at quarterback, and they could mm-hmm. stun people. They could make a very unconventional, whoa, I didn't see that one coming from Belichick kind of move, right? Yeah. Like, it wouldn't totally shock me if they went and got Lamar Jackson in a blockbuster deal. Oh, jeez. I know. Would be, and I'm not sure yeah. it would work, but I would be like, okay, shut my mouth. Uh, to a Tonga Vailoa, how many games does he play next year? And at this time, is he still in the NFL? Yeah, I you know I sure hope so for his sake, Zabe. I do too. I, I'm a big fan. I think the answer is yeah. six and no. Plays yeah, six and he retires by this time next year. I, it could very well be the case. And the reason you say it is because the that that last that last concussion was just 
a, a totally anonymous play. I mean, it's just yes. there was nothing to suggest that should have been a concussion play. He didn't you know, leave. Happens? Didn't leave the game. Threw three picks after that concussion against the Packers on Christmas yeah. Day, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, he's out," oh, and then he never came back. Correct. Okay. I just, I, I don't. I think they have to plan. They, it's another team that has to plan for the future. All right. On the draft front, uh, you've got three top prospects that are rattling around the top of the draft, and they yeah. would be Bryce Young of Alabama, uh, C.J. Stroud of Clemson. Of no, of. Um, Ohio State. Ohio State, thank you. And then you've got uh, the third guy, Will Levis, out of Kentucky, who has not impressed in college, but apparently all the scouts like his tools and measurables, which I'm highly skeptical of. So those are the three guys (laughs) there. How do you think they'll go in order, if you had to guess? In that order? Well, I... Yeah, I think Bryce Young goes first. Um, I, and I, I fully expect the Bears to move that pick. I think the Colts are the most likely team to move it. The cost will be, Zabe, your first round this year, your first round next year, and very possibly the Another first, first round after that. Three to ones. Move four spots. <laughs> three spots. Has a yep. team ever moved out of 1 1 with a quarterback who will go 1 1? Um, oh, it's got to have happened, Zabe. Has to have the, happened. The Redskins traded up to 1-2 to get RG3. Yep. But they uh, didn't Ryan go to 1-1. One, one. Ryan Leaf, I believe, was a trade up. Uh, to That was the second pick behind uh, behind Manning. I'm, so, I know. I'm saying, has there ever been a 1-1 one, one QB I, I know. that a team has traded out of? Because they're like, oh, we're good. And do you think the Bears could be making a massive mistake? Because I do. I so think it could be making it. Well, you mistake. make your case. You make your case on why you think the Bears should hold the pick and presumably take a quarterback, and then I'll 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 chip in my thoughts on this. Well, I, I just I'm not a huge uh, I'm not a huge uh, uh, Fields fan. I think he's a tremendous runner. I have doubts that he'll ever become a good passer. Now that's what we were saying. Many people were saying about Justin uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, and he ended up making the conversion. So I think you know we don't know yet, but. Here's what I will say. Right now, Justin Fields passing isn't good enough at the NFL level. And, you know, the, hopefully he gets better and he does turn into I have a Jalen Hurts like arc here. But here's what I here's what you should know. Fields finished 17th in expected completion percentage. He finished dead last in passes into tight windows, meaning he was throwing too many of them. He was 31st in turnover worthy plays when under pressure. And he led the league in sacks. For, with his mobility, he should be getting himself out of sacks, not into sacks. You know, and you would, and the fact that he was absorbing that many sacks just lends itself to the positional awareness Ooh, that he might have. That's some good stuff there. That's um, some good and stuff. He, and turnover-worthy plays under pressure. I'm going to dub that stat twop. T-W-U-P. Twops. twops. He's twop, le- <laughs> 30th and twops. 30th and twops. <laughs> turnover-worthy plays under pressure. Twops. I like it. I right. like it. Okay. So, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. The smartest thing they could do, the Bears could do, would be take another quarterback. You're going to piss off both of your quarterbacks because they've all been led to believe that they are the starting quarterbacks and there should not be a competition, but you can never have too many good quarterbacks. And the Bears are going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to take their three number ones and they're, they're going to move on and draft a bunch of good, uh, good people around Justin Fields. All right, I cut five, and then we'll get to your whiskey weekend and put a wrap on it. Thank you for persevering through the phone dropouts here. I cut five, pure octagonal bullshit. 
<laughs> have you been tracking this octagonal UFO that the government said they shot down over Lake Huron over the weekend? I did not know it was octagonal. I have, I do know that we are suddenly shooting down an unidentified flying object every day, which seems like a lot. I don't think we've ever done that before. And the really strange things, Abe, we can't find any of the wreckage. Oh, what a shocker. How huh? convenient. How convenient. The three mystery aerial devices, right, CNN, have consumed areas of the federal government since they were shot down over the past several days. The administration has not been able to say with certainty what they were doing where they were from, or even what type of craft they were. Conditions ripe for conspiracies. CNN pivots to then turn the story outward towards us tinfoil hat wearers. The White House, recognizing the potential for the spread of outlandish theories, has sought to oh. tamp down on fears. The objects could have originated from a hostile state or even from outer space. On Tuesday, a top White House official suggested they were likely harmless. So oh, that's why down, we shot then? them down. Right. The we, intelligence we were... community is considering a leading explanation that these could just be balloons tied to some commercial or benign purpose, said John Maybe. Kirby, the strategic communication coordinator for the National Security Council. Okay, here's why this just cracks me up. I said exactly all this two days ago. I said, oh, it sounds pretty serious. An octagonal UFO. They didn't know what was keeping it airborne. And it was <laughs> shot down over Lake Huron. I'm like, hmm, I don't like the sound of this. Okay. But then I said, well, you call me when it's in some farmer's backyard and he's there being interviewed in his overalls by the local news, right? <laughs> like men in black, okay? I said, they're not going to find any fucking pieces of this thing, whatever it was. No. Besides, they took two shots to take it down. The first Sidewinder missile they shot at it, missed! Missed! <laughs> so, so I did a little research here. The AIM... 9X Sidewinder missile is one of the longest running munitions in our military. Mm. It's old tech charge, but Vietnam it works. Era. It works. Yes, it fucking works. Uh, it uses IR photocell and radar lock on targets. It has a proportional pursuit system where it angles to try to be 45 degrees ahead of a moving target. Like, oh, another fighter jet that could be going at Mach 3. It fucking works. And that's why it's got over 270 air-to-air -air kills and is still in use by the military. They've got contracts for the AIM Sidewinder missile through 2055. Oh, geez. And a Good floating God. octagonal balloon with strings. We shot an air ball on the first one. And then they're like, well, we don't know where the Sidewinder went. Now they're saying, oh, <laughs> you, you might fell. want to find that. They said, ah, oh, it fell harmlessly into Lake Huron. Okay, well, that's easy. Now, I said, if you really don't know what something is, why don't you send up something that can look at it? Because yeah. maybe that's important. So I did a little research on this. I think one of the tools for the trick would have been the Global Hawk RQ-4 by Northrop Grumman. <laughs> Ever heard of it? No. I haven't. It is a 180-foot-long <laughs> wingspan unmanned drone that mm. has a big bulging head full of electronics. Look up the Global Hawk drone if you can right now and just okay. tell me when you see it. This thing screams, I've got a giant brain that can see everything. 
it has capabilities that are so sophisticated. Oh, yeah, that thing, yes. It can it can scan 40,000 square miles of terrain a day. It has <laughs> electro and optical and infrared sensors all over it. It's got synthetic uh, collaborative radar, and it costs $10 million a copy. It can stay in the air for 30 hours. Jeez. Don't you think, Charge, if they really wanted to know what it was? They'd fly up a global hawk and just say, do a couple laps around this thing and take good pictures and take they some readings. They know what it is. That's why they don't need to send the global hawk. They know what it is, and they shot it down. They could be just balloons tied to some commercial or benign purpose, well, said well, your that's government. Why, oh, we'd shoot that down for sure. We can't, have, we can't have a balloon. lying ass liars. They wake what? up and, and they, they lie as their first thing in the fucking morning to the American yes. public. Yes. It's just like Chernobyl. That it's all, you know, the first thing you do is you lie about it. And everybody knows, everybody knows it's a lie. They are all, everybody gets it. We all know that they're lying. Dave. Speaking now, of Chernobyl, is, are you aware of this train derailment in Ohio? I know nobody's talking about it. It's we got unbelievable. Epic train derailment that's killing people and livestock everywhere. Thousands and thousands of pounds of vinyl chloride, very poisonous chemical that derailed. How did it derail? Why did it derail? Active domestic terrorism, eco-terrorism, who the fuck knows? And they say, oh, well, you know what? We need to blow it up lest it spill because blowing it up will actually be better. <laughs> So okay. the chemicals are now in a contaminant plume, plume that the Ohio EPA and other agency, agencies have been tracking in real time. The tracking allows for potential closing of drinking water intakes to allow the majority of the chemicals to pass. This strategy, along with drinking water treatment, are both effective at addressing these contaminants and helps ensure the safety of the drinking water supplies, said an mm. official. Motherfuckers. Did now did you do you remember the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes. And you recall when they needed to cordon off huge acreage around Devil's Tower, mm -hmm. what did they say? That there was a deadly poisonous uh, airborne uh contaminant. <laughs> Everybody's gotta leave. Right. And then they faked all the livestock deaths, right? That's they threw out right. all these dead cows everywhere and everything, right? right? And they faked all that. And then, you know, eventually our heroes figure out they don't need the gas masks. They can actually breathe and the whole thing's bullshit. Boy, this sounds familiar. Yeah, maybe maybe the thing fell in uh, East Palestine, Ohio, and they derailed a train on purpose, then blew it up to go, OK, everybody stay away here. And now they're they're furiously dragging away a giant alien with a huge head that Will Smith punched in the face and said, welcome to Earth so they can poke and prod and study him. Could be the case. One of the dumbest scenes in the history of Hollywood are um, humanity's very first encounter with alien life was Will Smith jumping out of his down fighter, walking <laughs> over to the first alien humanity has ever had any interaction with and punching it in the face. <laughs> yeah, you say so stupid. stupid. You say stupid. I say Awesome. <laughs> Which brings us to the final cut. Whiskey Weekend 2023 is set. You have sent out a tweet. I made sure to retweet it. It's a, a list of all the whiskeys that you and your nine other men of, of whiskey passion will be sampling mm -hmm. in a blind taste test. Just men for a weekend alone. Football is done up in the north woods of, of uh, Minnesota. 
Tell me more about this tradition. It was down for a year in 2021. It's back yep. again for the second straight year. Talk to me. It's the highlight of my year. Um, I am, I'm going to be missing my big, my industry's biggest event of the year is this same weekend. I'm going to miss that. So I can go to this. I Are can't you miss this. Really? I, look, I count the days down basically starting in, uh, I don't know, fall waiting about half a year for this weekend to come. And here's how it works. 10 guys, as you mentioned, in a uh, cabin, remote cabin in, in, in central Minnesota, and we all bring a bottle of whiskey that has never been brought before. And we're on year 14, I think, maybe 15 of this. So a lot of, a lot of bottles are out. Um, and then at the top of every hour, we do an A-B blind taste test between two whiskeys. And you vote for A or you vote for B. If the lose any whiskey that loses twice in this March March Madness like bracketing system, once you lose twice, you're out and you get exposed. And then we can see what lost. And the first one to lose twice will be whiskey number ten. And we wait till there's one bottle left. It is so much fun. The highlight of my year. I can't okay. wait. I've got I right. got my bottle all ready to go. I'm looking at my bottle right now. I can't say what it is. Okay, hold on a second. A couple questions. First of all, when you say it's a uh, March Madness style event, not if it's double elimination. It, you can do a double elimination bracket. If uh, if you Google it, there I, are double I, elimination oh, I know. brackets. A lot of high school internet. tournaments and, and youth tournaments yeah. do that. I'm saying yeah, yeah. you know the, the NCAAs are a single one and out. But anyway, that's a I'm I'm picking a nit here. That's all. Uh, the second question is. Do you know which bottles are coming to the party beforehand? No, you don't know. So you're really, we're, you're really, you're driving blind. So you, you know, I have no idea what's there. So, so you can't that try to list find you it. Published? Did I thought I saw the the names for this year's whiskey? No, those are all previous years. Oh. All previous years. Okay. Yep. All right. So, so how do the uh, entrants bring their bottles? Do they have a single? empty uh bottle that, that they're in a bag they're in a bag and we've got one guy who administers it so you know you just hand off your, in a your bottle in a bag yeah so the nobody can could see what it is slip no it hasn't happened in 14 years so i'm oh, not worried okay. about that no you, you, it's fine i think there should be custom logoed whiskey weekend decanters glass well, we, no our shot we have we have shot glasses that well that's are that's custom. nice but but yes. what you need is you need a, a uniformly shaped glass I guess they would call it a decanter or a bottle, yeah. whatever it is, that you can pour your whiskey into and then seal it with its cork. Let me tell you why I don't think that's a good idea. Because when number 10 gets knocked out, I'm taking a photo of that bottle and I'm posting it on Twitter. And people love to see which okay. ones get knocked out when. And if it's just you, like a decanter. You <laughs> how know, about you? How about you bring the bottle in and wrap that and leave it in your luggage? For the photo shoot when it's all said and done. I'm just looking from a security I, standpoint. I worry yeah. that the bag's gonna slip off and be like <gasps> Woodford Reserve. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. No, okay. I did I I think we're okay. I think we're okay. So it's, I be, thought it's a, lot of, it's a lot of work. I thought this grand tradition ended when one of your dear friends decided he just couldn't drink anymore, and out of solidarity for him, you stopped doing this. Yeah, well, one one of our friends um, is an alcoholic, and he continues to come, but he does not partake. And he's done an amazing job, and and whiskey is his jam. I mean, this was That's this was a big deal for him. Incredible that he does. This that. was his this was his drink. Yes, it, it it takes a lot. It's this is a lot of willpower. He's checks in with his sponsor. 
several times over the course of the, the long Hell, weekend. The fucking sponsor should come up there with him and <laughs> yeah, sit okay. there holding his hand, whispering <laughs> right. in his ear, saying, it's going to be got okay. This. You got, you got this. this. I yes, believe yes. in you. You're going to be fine. Yep. And are you worried about running out of whiskeys? Um, fortunately, no. I mean, it just seems like there's an endless supply, and we've hit some of the big ones already, but... I, 15 you know, people keep years them as fast as we can drink them 15 years 10 different bottles every time there are variants of variants you do have a rule though no scotch it's not a rule but you'll lose you can drink <laughs> scotch but you'll lose because most of our guys hate scotch <laughs> the, you know it's it tastes too much like feet for a lot of our guys <laughs> I'm just thinking of Ron Burgundy. Scotchy, scotchy, scotch. In my belly. That's how I like it. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. All right. you're the man, buddy. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the weekend, and we can't wait to see the results. Thanks, bud. Bye, my friend. Except for him. I'm a band. Let's end on this. I like collectibles in sports, movies, pop culture. However, not sure I'd even bid on these. You can now, in an auction, bid on the photo-matched and verified set-worn white underwear that was worn by Brian Cranston in the great TV show, the greatest TV show, arguably, of all time, Breaking Bad. Yes, the chemistry teacher gone bad, Walter White. The white underwear that were so famous in, I believe, the second episode of the series, maybe it was the first one right out of the gate, when they were flying through the desert in that beat-up old RV, trying to dodge and then kill the drug dealers. I don't want to give it away, but the series has been off the air for quite a while. This auction has them up for bid. They're supposed to fetch $6,000. They're sort of worn white men's tidy whitey underwear with a faint yellow, I don't know, fart stain in the back. Ugh. Although you frame that bad boy up, you put it next to a iconic photograph or a movie poster of Breaking Bad. You get Brian Cranston to sign it. Uh, pretty kind of funny putting your man came, huh? I got Walter White. Yo! Yo, Mr. White! It was your underwear! Yo, look at that! Some dude has it in his basement, Mr. White! <laughs> All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, rate and review. It helps tickle the algorithmic overlords. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Post on chat rooms. You gotta listen to this podcast. Thanks for being a part of the Zabecast Nation. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time.
Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.